What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Look at some of these wide receivers in rounds seven through nine. You've got a former number one overall receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. You've got a couple of young guys that people are really excited for or really hesitant on in Rashad Bateman and Gabriel Davis. You have a, another pair of young players that are in difficult situations perhaps but have a lot of promise, Elijah Moore and Devontae Smith. You got all the rookies like Drake London, Traylon Burks. You have Robert Woods. This is an exciting group of wide receivers. In fact, we have a comment here. Uh, already before the draft even started from a Joseph who says nobody cares about waiver wire wide receivers. He's not jazzed about today's show. Come on, waiver wire wide receivers. Some of them will be busts. There's a lot of busts in this range. I'm not going to lie, but some of them will be standouts and we'll try to help you out. Happy Friday. You know something, guys? It's great to have the four of us together. We're never all on the show. I'm very happy that all four of us are here. Hi, happy Friday, fellas. And why are you all wearing black? Best uh, best podcast with four males. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking of best male hosted podcast, there's a QR oh, yeah, code. Let's get in the plug now. Let, there's, I wait. A, there's a QR code at the top right there. If you scan your phone on it, it'll take you right to the voting for podcastawards.com. You can let's see. I'm gonna try it. Vote for us. I already did it this morning. You can vote for us uh, for for best sports podcast, best male hosted podcast, and if you want the People's Choice Award. Oh, yeah, but there there are so many that it, it, we're not gonna win People's Choice, but we could win the other two. So let's do it. That okay. was the best Worst promo name, Adam has spoken by a male. <laughs> Last name Azer. What's your email address? I've already registered, Jamie. So <laughs> that's not gonna work for you. All right. First name Nando. Get disqualified. Biggest cheater. Biggest cheater, yeah. Last name, Defino. Biggest male cheater. So when you sign up, it asks you. What's email? Just stop. When you sign up, it asks you. I think it's Azer. At CBS Interactive, yes. Uh, When you sign up, it asks you for your biggest uh, podcast influencer. I put you. You put me? Yeah, I did not put me. But um, All right, guys, what what are you looking for? Heath, what are you looking for in a wide receiver in this range? Um, I, I am looking for a wide receiver that I have ranked earlier than this range. <laughs> That's good. Yes. 
<laughs> okay. What well, types of receivers are those? What are their traits? I, well, I believe there are five of them who I have ranked in the first six rounds who are being drafted in round seven through ten. Maybe only four. Maybe the, the fifth. Seven through nine. Right. And pay a little respect to the uh, to the podcast title. Uh, is it seven through nine. I mean, it well, is, that, but that but, is definitely different than the message you sent us just two days ago. It said seven through ten. It did. Mm-hmm. Oh, it no. did. Oh, yep. well. It was nineteen hours ago. <laughs> Oh, no. So I don't know how many round 10 wide receivers oh. we have on the docket to talk about here. I wonder if there's other male hosts that... Uh, <laughs> Why are we considered one hosts. of the listeners that will randomly be selected to vote in the final slate in August? No, I don't think you do, Jamie. No? Okay. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, that's fine because Russell Gage and Alan Lazard and Michael Gallup, Chris Olave, Kadarius Tony, they do make it into round 10. Um, but they were part of the round 10 or later show, so that's my fault. But that's fu- it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, ADP is just... Kind of a, uh, obviously, these guys could go in round 10. They could go in round six. You never know. So it's fine. What so who, ache, Willow? who are the five, who are the five, Heath, that you're looking looking at uh, that you have ranked ahead of this group? Have you ever listened to all the hacks? Like, please, Jamie, stop. Let's, let's, we're not going to win any awards with this. I have not. <laughs> I'm trying, he was, I was appreciating it because he was giving me time to go back and look at the five names that I sent you via email earlier this week because those are the five. <laughs> Juju wow. Smith-Schuster, Adam Thielen, Rashad Bateman. Um, I think these last two I actually have at the beginning of round seven, but Robert Woods and Drake London. Okay. So they have absolutely nothing in common. There are old players. There are young players. There are players who were good last year. There are players who were terrible last year. There are players who didn't play last year. There are players on good passing offenses and bad passing offenses. There are number one wide receivers and number two wide receivers. And actually, if you look at the players who have been successful in this range over the last five years, there's not real. I don't know that there's a common thread. Uh, targets, 12 of the... I'll get into that in a bit. Dave, what are you looking for? I won't bog down people with stats right now. Dave, what are you looking for in a wide receiver in this range? We talked a lot about upside and league winners in yesterday's show. When we looked at rounds four through six. Are you still looking for that? Are you looking for more consistent kind of floor plays? What are you looking for here? Same damn thing. Upside, potential, bigger opportunities, receivers with good quarterbacks, receivers in offenses that are expected to score a lot of points. Just because we're changing the rounds doesn't mean that we're changing what we're looking for. I'm looking for these types of receivers in round 18. So absolutely, players that should deliver better value or you can see a way for them to get better value than where they finished last year. That's what you're looking for. Gabriel Davis is the first name on my list because I think he does see a bump in target share. How could he not? He barely played for the first two-thirds of last season, and we know what he can do as far as big plays, and we know that he's a touchdown magnet for Josh Allen, which is a pretty damn good thing because Buffalo should score a lot of touchdowns. I think that he's the perfect type, almost the prototype, of wide receiver that you're looking for in this range because he's got the chance to pick up a lot of targets, Play in a strong offense, score a lot of touchdowns. Okay, Jamie, you want to answer that, or should I ask a different question? I'm just trying to figure out what the Curious Realm podcast is. <laughs> Ooh, I know, I know. I already muted you once. Uh, I could, I could do it again, I guess. But did, Jamie, I, I mean, do you want to keep hammering on this? And what do you look for? Or I'll phrase it differently. It, do you think this is a time to try to get a more safe and consistent player since? we're shooting for upside earlier in the draft. Do you think this is a time to say, all right, look, Robert Woods is going to have a solidified role. Um, Drake London probably doesn't have a ton of 
league-winning upside this year with whoever his quarterback is going to end up being. But but I could see him giving me 12-ish PPR points on a weekly basis and just being in my lineup. You know, is that is this the time to pivot to that? I would say that since most likely Gabriel Davis and Rashad Bateman are gone when we get to August, they're not in this range, that these are the type of receivers for me that would most likely be my fourth or fifth receiver. So I would be shooting for the most upside. Now, if your roster builds a little different, if you go running back heavy early and you're looking for more of a safer play, or you're looking, I'm sorry, you're, you're looking to, you know, fill out potential starters. Then I think, you know, you're, you're looking at hopefully Robert Woods type of guys. You know, I think this is kind of why you'll see at the top of this list, once we see how ADP settles, guys like Alan Lazard, guys like Russell Gage, uh, Hopkins for a different reason, but the type of players that once they're in their starting roles, you know, you're going to get quality production, you know? So it's, it's more, I think, you know, the, the ones that you're shooting for the, the, the chance to exceed their ADP would be more of like a Tim Patrick. If there's an injury that happens, um, the rookies because of the unknown potential of where they bring, you know, those type of players, Kadarius Tony, you know, those type of guys, I think those are the ones I look for at least, you know? So, um, I, I would say that if you're looking for starters, you're looking for safety. If you're looking for reserves, you're looking for the most upside possible. Okay. So last, so uh, yesterday, Dave and Jamie said the three players who, according to Fantasy Pros, were going in rounds four through six that they had at the top of the list were, in some order, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, Brandon Cooks. They are, you know, basically round three picks uh, for for us. You know, there might be some minor discrepancies in there, but... DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, Brandon Cooks were the three that we identified as it. We're not even sure that, that they belong in that group. Um, is it fair to say Gabriel Davis and Rashad Bateman are those two in this group for you guys? Jamie just said he doesn't think they'll be in round seven through 10 or seven through nine when come August. Rashad Bateman I can and Gabriel say Davis. I for a fact, Gabriel Davis will not, based mm-hmm. on everything you, you see on how he's yeah. being hyped up. And I would assume that Rashad Bateman, barring a significant addition to the Ravens receiving core will not also. Yeah, I I agree about uh, Bateman, and I agree with Jamie that, that Davis will not be. Um, I don't necessarily agree that Davis should not be. Does that make sense? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the I, yeah that's the question that I, should they be? Do you, who are the who are the ones that really transcend the group for all of you? Do you have a a mutual one that is clearly the best? Clearly should not we be all in this Bateman group? Did on our top Bateman? five list, didn't we? That's what I thought. Not me. I'm not okay. in on Bateman. And I didn't have Davis, so there was not a guy okay. who we all We had. can probably find a guy that all three of us would agree on. It's just, I, I don't know. I like both Dave and Heath, so I have one of each. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That was a good introduction to this podcast. Now, listen, we're also doing a mailbag today. What? Self-compliment? No, no. It's for, <laughs> for you guys. It was a good introduction to the content. I'm sorry. for By you. Uh, we're also doing mailbag today, Apple podcast questions and emails at fantasy football at cbsi.com. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, some YouTube questions. We'll have time for YouTube questions. We do have an Apple podcast comment of the day. It was a three-star comment. It was from, oh, no, Poopy I hope it wasn't criticizing our host. Should we encourage who's three-star comments? No, we should not but I laughed. It was from poopy stinks fan art. Seems like the... <laughs> You found my burner. <laughs> Seems like the main guy that talks a lot judges the old-sounding guy who coughs. Seems like the third guy is like the twin of the guy that coughs. I can't really tell them apart. 
Main guy seems like he does not like old guy who coughs or his twin that much. <laughs> I have no who coughs. You remember I called uh, you out for coughing. It's definitely you. It was right at the top of the show yesterday. You mute or two days ago. You muted your mic, and I, I don't said, think I've coughed on air for a long time. No, you did a great job. You muted your mic. So they just know I cough because you were picking on me, like the guy says you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like you or Dave, and you guys sat alike. So we poopy pro- stink fan art really has. Well, I've, I, I, I've successfully got you guys with my my burner account. There you go. About me. Makes sense. <laughs> In this range, round seven through nine, over the last five seasons, there have been sixty-eight wide receiver selection selected, an average of thirteen point six per year. And only 19% of them finish top 24 overall. 22% of them finish top 24 per game. We have been a little bit better the last two years. Last year, we had Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Jalen Waddell, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Pittman come out of this range. Uh, They were top 24 overall. Three of them were top 12 overall in PPR. And last year, not all of them were actually top 24 per game. Pittman was not, but... We had Antonio Brown in this range. He was eighth per game. So we actually had three top eight wide receivers per game in this range. It was unusually good. Uh, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, and Antonio Brown. Jalen Waddell was 15th per game. Brandon Cooks was 24th per game. That was all in PPR. They were all drafted around seven through nine. So that is encouraging, but I do notice a lot of busts in this range. Last year, you had Juju Smith-Schuster. You had Kenny Galladay. I I was just looking at some of the names from the past, a lot of like Randall Cobb and Chris Hogan, a lot of players who didn't even finish in the top 50. A lacrosse player finished that high? <laughs> so that's going to be true at, at running back as well. There's, you know, it's just... Definitely you're, a tight end. You're de- mm-hmm. Yeah, you're deep in the player pool wide receiver, so you shouldn't be discouraged, but there are a lot of busts. There are also some success stories. Uh, if you were going to give me your two favorites from this group, even if we have to repeat what we just said a little bit here, Jamie, who are your two favorites? Is Davis and Bateman? Yes. Over Hopkins? Yes. Okay. Heath, who are your two favorites? I will go with Thielen and Juju. Okay. I don't think I put Thielen in the notes, but he is in borderline in this range. Jamie, where do you have Thielen compared to Davis and Bateman? Uh, Behind. Okay. Dave, how about you? Your top two? Davis and Thielen. All right. Uh... Okay, let's do uh, let's do some news and notes, and we'll jump back into this group here. But there are some some interesting news items. Chicago wide receiver, this is an unfortunate one. Chicago wide receiver David Moore was arrested for controlled substance and weapons offenses. Does does he factor into the receiving group? I mean, it's that thin that I wonder if does David no, Moore okay. not 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 anymore. And certainly he was on the fringe to begin with. Uh, Baltimore resigned thirty three year old linebacker Justin Houston boost their pass rush a little bit. Not bad. The two most interesting items are out of the Chiefs, basically, from The Athletic out of Kansas City. Uh, Ronald Jones is a legitimate candidate to start, and MVS was the best Chiefs receiver during the offseason. This is according to The Athletic. So the question, Dave, should Ronald Jones and MVS be the first Chiefs drafted at their respective positions? I think you can make the case for... Both of them, to be honest with you. And I am not a fan of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I'm very, very nervous about what his role will be. But I I also think that people are going to have a hard time buying into Ronald Jones. He had his best year two years ago, and it was uh, he had some pockets of good play, but he wasn't really that great in Tampa Bay. He was ending up sharing with Leonard Fournette. I think that 
MVS is one of those good targets in round nine and round 10. I think that's where you'll find him. And that's where I'm drafting Jones right now, too. We could, there's obviously a way that we could get through training camp. And Jones is the odds on favorite, and he does leap over Edwards Elaire. And we're talking about, we are talking about Ronald Jones as a round five or round six pick. Hello, RB dead zone. Remember, this is still a team that's going to run through Patrick Mahomes on offense for sure. Okay. So that was a no, right? It's a no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Green Bay tight end Robert Tunyon may not be ready for week one, according to The Athletic. Jamie, are you interested in Robert Tunyon when he's healthy? Yes, very much so. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's not going to be healthy, though, to start the season. But, you know, we we see what this receiving core looks like in Green Bay. And, you know, two years ago, he was basically what Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth were. And so if you want a cheap version of Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth, um, this is the type of tight end you take as a second option. Um, because, again, no Devontae Adams, no Marcos Valdez-Scantling. Uh, Robert Tunyon should factor in at some point during the year. All right, let's take a look at these wide receivers. Okay, yes, Heath. Yes, in rounds 7 through 9, or 7 through 10, if we want to go that far. This is on Fantasy Pro's PPR average draft position. And the names we'll be talking about today Give are... Give the picks again, the numbers. What? For people that don't play in 12-team leagues, pick... Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm up. sorry. All right, so this is pick 73 through 108, or 120 if you want to go to round 10. So basically, let's say outside the top 70. Uh, Gabriel Davis, Hunter Renfro, DeAndre Hopkins, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Bateman, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Robert Woods. Who do you like better, Burks or Woods? Burks. Woods. Burks slightly right now. Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Chase Claypool. That's through pick 108. Uh, round 10, 109 through 120 would be Russell Gage, Kadarius Tony, Chris Olave, Alan Lazard, and Michael Gallup. Do you guys like Lazard on the same level as Bateman, Davis, Thielen? He's right behind them for me. Heath, what was your answer there? No. Dave? Right behind them. Okay. All right. It does seem like uh, there's going to be some disagreement on today's episode, which I like. This should be the like, but this is the point. Um, like, there's a pretty strong consensus in the early rounds, but this is the point where you just kind of get your guys. Sure. All right, who's got the most upside in this group? Um, Davis. Yep. I will say, like, week to week, on a per-game basis, it's Hopkins. And for the whole season, I'm going to say it's Bateman. How could Bateman be ahead of Gabriel Davis for you in upside, Heath? Because Gabriel Davis is, at best, the number two wide receiver on his team. Are we sure that Rashad Bateman is the number two target? How, how confident are you that he will be the number two target behind Mark Andrews? I think it's... Not far from 50-50 between Andrews and Bateman as far as who's number one in targets. Total targets. Okay. Uh, who has the highest floor in this group? Probably Hopkins on a week-to-week basis, as he said. And we've seen it, right? Uh, I don't think there are a lot of high-floor guys here. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, even Bateman and Davis I don't think are high-floor guys, do you? No, well, I mean, if if Bateman's production 
is similar to Marquise Brown's production. Yeah, it's not very good. I want to bring that up because well, the 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 floor would be what you got two years ago. I would say. Yeah, and, and Marquise Brown on a uh, was the number forty wide receiver in non PPR and number forty seven in in full PPR per game in twenty twenty. The problem with, with the Baltimore offense is we don't expect them to be ninth most ninth highest in pass attempts like they were last year. I think they were ninth. But I don't know that we want to project them to be 32nd, which they were the two previous years before that, right? I would but they just flip it and say ninth fewest. Ninth fewest. Okay. But when they were 32nd, Marquise Brown was fun. He made some nice plays. He had some good weeks. He scored some touchdowns, but he was not a top 40 wide receiver. So I just want to point that out. All the Rashad Bateman hype. If they're 32nd in pass attempts again, they get back to that offense. Rashad Bateman, I don't even you know what I'm saying, Heath? Right. I just like I can understand the whole pushback against they're not going to throw 600 passes again but I, I i don't think there's any reason really to expect they're going to throw 400 either but why wouldn't they so, I, I don't know that they will it's hard to say they're going to throw the fewest in the nfl but it did work for them for what it's worth you know had a better defense at the time and we'll see how lamar evolves you know the all the talk last season which you know who knows how it would have finished but was him wanting to be a better passer. He was a better passer. He was throwing the ball more before he got hurt. And while it might not have worked for them to the same level, I would like to think there's probably going to be some level of balance to that. Plus, you have two running backs. They're two starting. They're two best running backs coming off pretty significant injury. Okay. Uh, like, what, what would you say, Adam? Like, and I, I, like 400 is wrong because that's a 16-game pace. But at some point, we've got to decide, like, how many passes are they going to throw? Their 17-game pace over the last three years, if you want to just include that, um, it's what last year was 6'11", 430, and 470, the two years before that. I mean, I, I don't do great with that kind of number. I do better with where they rank amongst other teams. So, you know, yeah, are they going to be the most run-heavy team? You can't answer that, that, Heath. No, I mean, but because no, I can. That's that's an easy thing, but that's easy enough. Like, do you think they're going to be third worst, fifth worst, I don't ninth know. worst? Like, it's such a mystery to me. If I had a guess, I would say seventh worst, seventh lowest pass attempts. What do you think? What do you have them projected for? Uh, like five twenty, and I was going to see where that would have ranked last year, which I would guess is really close to bottom five or bottom ten, but also like a lot more passes than they were throwing when Marquise Brown was number 40 wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Who are some players that you're just not interested in in this group, if there are any? Uh, Dave, you want to take a stab at that one? Who are you just not really drafting in this group? Not as big of a fan of Juju as others are. And I really don't like Amari Cooper now that it's starting to really feel like Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Maybe the Mayfield News should give us some optimism that Watson will play at some point this year. But if it's Jacoby Brissett, I think he's at best a high floor guy and maybe not even that high of a floor for Mark Cooper. So staying away from him, uh, I'm staying away from Bateman compared to where uh, you guys have him ranked. I, I don't see the Ravens throwing a lot this year. I think that they're going to try and get back to being 50-50 and very nervous that they end up throwing less than 500 times over the course of the season. So seventh fewest last year was 535. The fewest was Philadelphia at 494. Those are the Eagles and Seahawks were the only teams below 500 last year. And Baltimore was lower than that in 2020 and 2019. Yeah, fewer right. games though. 
One fewer game. One fewer, but game. still low, lower pace than that. Right. It, it's it's important. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about it. Unfortunately, we just don't know. Um, all right. So, are there any other names? If you want to just take a, a general look at it and say players that you end up drafting a lot, other than you know we've heard Gabriel Davis and Rashad Bateman for a couple of you, Adam Thielen, um, Jamie. Any players that you find end up on your roster a lot in this group? Other than the ones that we mentioned. Um, yes. Bateman. Devontae Smith. Okay. Um, looking at the list. Renfro a little bit, but toward the bottom end of this. And then Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I, w- I would say Woods. I'd add Woods and London to mine. I get a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. And how do you approach DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, you're, you know, do you have to have three starters at that point at receiver to take Hopkins? Is he your fourth? No, I think you can draft him as your third receiver. I've, I've gravitated toward him in drafts where I don't take a lot of receivers early on. Go ahead, Heath, make the joke. And no uh, okay, and uh, good. And so DeAndre Hopkins is someone that I look at and say, all right, he'll be you know, a wide receiver three and maybe a wide receiver two. And I just have to get by with a wide receiver three for the first six weeks of the season. So kind of feel like I, I'm buying in and just biding my time with Hopkins and he comes back and hopefully he's a touchdown magnet. He's got a six game suspension. Fill in the blank guys. When Deandre Hopkins come ba- comes back, he will be a blank wide receiver. Top 30 on a per game basis. Hopkins? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I struggle with it because if you're getting a guy who doesn't play the first six weeks of the season and is wide receiver 25 to 30 after that, then I think this might even be too early for him. I I would totally agree. Like, if you're drafting him to only be a top 30 receiver, he shouldn't go in the first 100 picks. But I I do agree with Dave's answer. I think think top 30 is about, like, what I feel comfortable with that the dynamic between him and Marquise Brown is really um, another mystery to figure out once we get to that point. So you're saying top 30 when he comes back, not top 30 now, but he's just going to be basically a number three wide receiver. Obviously that right. out, so if, the if that's the expectation and you're factoring in six games missed, if you're taking him in the first eight rounds or nine rounds, you're making a huge mistake. I would say borderline number two would be my expectation. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm ranking him as if he's going to be a top 20 receiver when he comes back. Okay. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about these guys. Uh, Hunter Renfro is sort of at the top of this group in ADP. And Devontae Smith, I want to get more on that. Jamie, you say you draft a lot of Devontae Smith. Elijah Moore was so good last year, late in the year, late in his year before he... Missed a lot of time with injury. There's there are a lot of interesting names here. And then you have the rookies and Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk with maybe his his best opportunity to really flourish, uh, lead the team in targets, hopefully. Um, and we should talk about Lazard as well because I think you guys probably feel like he's a great value in round ten right now. Uh, we'll be right back on fantasy football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Don't forget to stay tuned for our mailbag at the end of the show. Your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, your Apple podcast questions, and your YouTube questions. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, youtube.com slash today. For those of you who are not watching, please scan that QR code. Uh, that's right next to Dave's head. Hey, Dave's head. Hey, QR code. Uh, scan that QR code. It'll take you right to the voting for Podcast Awards. Please vote for us. Podcastawards.com. Vote for us uh, for Best Sports Podcast and Best Male Hosted Podcast. Again, that is not a male host award. That is a podcast hosted by a male, so it's not a me award. It's an us award. Please vote for us for those two. We want to win it this year. You have till the end of the month to vote. Um, please do it. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, all right, back What's to your this. theme song. What's my theme song? Yeah, your lyrics that we gave you. <laughs> oh, I would have this really wacky group text going, making fun of me, which is which I I like. I'm enjoying it. Um, but the the songs weren't really that funny, to be honest. No, with your you. Pearl Jam song. Oh, can't find a better male host. <laughs> <laughs> or can't find a better male hosted podcast. We can do that too. <laughs> There it is. I told you, Nando, I get him to sing. Yeah, way to go. All right. Dave, uh, Jamie, tell me about uh, Devontae Smith. You said he's someone that you end up drafting a lot. He is fifth in this group on Fantasy Pros behind Gabriel Davis, Hunter Renfro, DeAndre Hopkins, and Elijah Moore. Uh, what do you think about Smith this year? I think we're going to see a much better player in year two. I think he's going to benefit with A.J. Brown there, you know, playing off of him uh, with not having the pressure of having to carry this receiving core. And he did have some positive games early in the season when they were throwing the ball more. I do think that his maturation process will matter here. So going into year two, I think we see him take a step forward. I feel like I'm ranked too low. Um, he should be drafted as a high-end number three receiver, and it wouldn't be surprising if he ends up as a top 24 type of guy. Man, so that would be two top 24 Eagles receivers. You think that's... Real, realistic if they both stay healthy? If they nope. have the past attempts that they had in the beginning of the season, yes. That's Even if they did. True. Really? Because that, that was about 35 pass attempts. That was They were throwing the ball. You don't think so, Dave? No, I don't think so. Because there's still Dallas Goddard in there taking targets away from them. And there's still what they do in the red zone is run it, and their quarterback does a lot of that. So there's a lot of touchdown upside that's missing from both of them. I feel kind of uncomfortable having A.J. Brown ranked as high as I do. Now I'm going to rank Devontae Smith even higher. He was the number one guy last year. He had like five games with over 15 PPR points. I think he's a good number three receiver. Uh, I think the only way he breaks through that type of ceiling is if uh, A.J. Brown gets hurt or sucks. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different here. Let's just go through the list of the players that we have not really spoken about today. So I'm going to eliminate Gabriel Davis, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, and that's about it. And let's just do like 30 seconds on a player. Just give me a quick thought. Hunter Renfro, Dave. Expected 
loss in target volume, and I bet he doesn't play in the slot as much as he did last year because Devontae Adams can play in the slot too. I guess give me a, a sense of that's my fault. Give me a sense of how interested you are in them. I would draft him as a low-end number three PPR receiver. Any major disagreements on Renfro? Nope. This one stumps me because I've got him in round seven, but I have not drafted him once all offseason. What do you have him projected for? Um, I have him. Wish I'd have had that pulled up and ready. But I, th- I think what the problem is, there are guys who are being drafted later than him that I like more than him, so I take them when other people are taking him. 81 catches, 900 yards, five and a half touchdowns. Okay. So mm. almost five catches per game. I can I can see that happening. I could see that happening. Okay. Partially because I just don't know what this Raiders run game, how effective it'll be. I know McDaniels will want that, but I, I bet it I, – I, I just – I don't know how good it'll be. I think they're going to have to end up throwing a lot. Let's go to our next one here, so – um, let's go to Elijah Moore. Jay, Heath, you give me the first word on Elijah Moore. This one is intriguing because I've just kind of assumed that Garrett Wilson is going to take the number one wide receiver job away from him. And so that's made me less interested in drafting Elijah Moore as the number two for Zach Wilson I, because Corey Davis is there too. And I think he'll at least like draw some targets, but there's a, there's a 40% chance that Moore's just the number one. And then he could have some upside. I think he has more upside than Hunter Renfro. Um, and I'd, I'd rather draft him on Hunter Renfro, but their projections are pretty similar. Anybody feel good, feel particularly bad about Elijah Moore? I wouldn't take him this soon. Yeah, he's closer to 100th overall for me. Okay. And I'm going in order of ADP, so he is the fourth one off the board behind mm-hmm. Davis, Renfro, and Hopkins. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster. What's <laughs> his ADP? Round seven. Okay. Round eight, maybe. Juju is uh, 82.4. So late round seven. Is anybody excited about Juju anymore? No, I feel like I have him ranked way too high. I'm sorry, Heath. I missed what you said. Late round seven seems pretty great. I'm not as excited as I was, but. I wonder with all this MVS talk and not a lot of Juju buzz, do you feel like this could be one of those? Juju's. Clearly the most accomplished receiver in the group, right? Not even close. Uh, where we're just laughing three weeks in. <laughs> Remember all those MVS reports? Because Juju is clearly the top wide receiver. Obviously, Kelsey's one, but does anybody have that thought that this is just not a smoke screen, but, you know, it, like a media smoke screen? It's not intentional, but it's silly. It, it, it certainly could be, but, you know, it's not like a situation where Juju's been there and you're getting hype on the new guy. They're both new guys. Right. And so you have the scenario of MVS standing out to people who are observing it. You have Mahomes coming out and saying that it's going to be the most <laughs> diverse group that he's had and they're going to spread the ball around. You have still the alpha in, in Kelsey, so you know what you're getting there, and then it's kind of just a mixed bag. The, you know, we're not hearing about Hardman. We're not hearing a lot about Sky Moore. You know, Justin Ross had the, the one highlight catch, you know, so who knows what he's going to you know, factor in. I think it's too soon to necessarily just say, okay, MVS is getting the positive reports and he should be the one that's getting the only buzz because clearly there are other guys making plays. But I'll say what I said the other day. How much of this is Juju's just shot? You know, is, is he not the guy that we saw his first two seasons? Is he ever going to get back to that? We love the intangibles, which are the quarterback and the coach. 
Mm-hmm. And so these two things are the best situations from an offensive standpoint that he's had in his career. And so will he be the best juju that we've seen? Probably not, because I don't think we'll get back to that guy. Could he certainly bounce back to the level of, of respectability and outperform this ADP? Sure. But I think he's, you know, probably priced appropriately for what the, the risk-reward scenario is. Remember earlier in the show when I said that MVS had a chance to be the first receiver that I'd take off the board for Kansas City? Yeah. Completely forgot about Juju Smith-Schuster being on Kansas City. (laughs) And so obviously I would draft Juju ahead of him as of now, but I'm not excited about it. And what I'm really worried about, and and I'm kind of worried about this for everybody in Kansas City except for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, is inconsistency from game to game. Because now they've... by diversifying their offense, it's almost like you sold your one big stock and you turned it into six little stocks. And you're hoping that a couple of those little stocks end up doing very well for you over the long run. There's going to be weeks where they face soft run defenses, and they'll probably try to run the ball a little bit more than we're used to seeing. And when they take on tough run defenses, like really good defensive lines and linebackers, they're going to throw more. Juju's best assets to this offense, assuming that they they don't have a revelation where he's a great outside receiver because he hasn't really been that since the early part of his career. He's an extension of their run game. So they can use play action and use short passes to Juju and have him try to make a play after the catch. Not that he's great at that, but he can do that. He's also an alternative in the red zone for them because he's got big size and he can score. That area, that specific thing, that's something that can work from week to week. And that's the only thing that really keeps him in that round six-ish range for me. I'm not excited about him. I don't think he's going to get 80 or 90 catches this year. I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where you wish you didn't draft Juju. But I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where you're glad that you did because he'll come through in the end zone. All right. like, I'm sou- I'm souring on Juju, but I do think it's worth saying, like comparing him to Hunter Renfro and Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. there's a much better chance in my estimation that Juju could catch 90 passes this year than either of those two guys. There's a much better chance that he could just have one of those weird years where he scores 10 touchdowns because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. So like whether I, I'm getting concerned about how little we're hearing and I've come off of him quite a bit. I think I haven't had him in round five at one point or, um, but still compared to those two guys and most of the guys in this range, he has some factors working in his favor that could, that give him upside. They don't necessarily have. I think the other thing though, again, to kind of look at this, these receivers in this range, like, you know, Dave, you, you, you say this a lot about consistency week to week. If you're expecting these guys to be consistent producers week to week, it's kind of, and I'm not saying you, but, you know, people drafting. Sure. It's, it's the, the wrong way to approach it because if you're expecting consistency week to week for these guys, they should be drafted higher. These are the type right. of guys sure. that are going to be volatile. I mean, that's why they're, they're not, you know, slam dunk starting caliber wide receivers they're, or, or players in particular. These are the type of guys, you know, that go back to your question, Adam, you know, who are the, the league winning type of guys? I think Juju falls in that category because of what he said. You know, he could be a 90-catch guy. He could be a 10-touchdown guy. You know, if that happens, then you're going to be thrilled about the production you're getting from somebody like Juju or Elijah Moore or Hunter Renfro, whoever, you know, exceeds their their draft value. But you just have to understand when you're drafting these guys, there's going to be one week that they're great. There's going to be probably three weeks that they're bad. The next week they'll be great again. You know, and that's just the the understanding. And I know, like, Heath, you talk about this a lot. I know the, the reference you always make is Tyler Lockett. You just ride the roller coaster you know, and, and see how it ends up at the end of the season, you know, so some weeks they'll help you win your, your league and some weeks they'll, you know, like Dave said, you'll be regretting drafting this range, but you just have to understand that that's why they're going round seven or later. Okay. Here's so, one more so, thing. Just one yeah. last thing on Juju. Okay. It's a one-year deal. 
it's a cheap deal. So if he really stinks at camp, Chiefs can move on from him. Cut him? Cut him. It would only be two and a half million against the cap. All right. I'm going to pair two guys together for the remainder of this segment here. Tyler Lockett and Drake London. Who do you like better? London. Uh, London. (laughs) Uh, I've got London higher, but they're three spots apart at 75 and 78 overall. So I like them both in round seven. Would the conversation change if Jimmy Garoppolo were the quarterback in Seattle? Maybe we should get to that a little bit later, but I, I think that would change things. For sure. I think I'd probably move Lockett ahead of London. Or Gardner Minshew, even. Would you rather have Lockett in round eight or Metcalf in round four? Uh, I think I'd rather have Alan Lazard in round nine. That's not what I asked. (laughs) Lockett. Lock in round eight. Dave? Because I'm not drafting Metcalf in round four. Uh, I think I'll take Metcalf in round four. Okay. Traylon Burks, Robert Woods. You already answered this, but answer it again. Who would you rather have, Burks or Woods? As of now, Burks. Same. As of now, Woods. Who has more upside? Burks. Burks. I mean, obviously, it seems like I should say Burks. He's young, and he's fast, and he's exciting. Is he fast? He's big, and he's got two strong knees. He's shown flashes of speed, yes. Tell that to the NFL combine. I know. Well, compare. I think he's faster than Robert Woods currently, probably. Probably. Um, But (laughs) I'm going to stick with Robert Woods. (laughs) They are slow, right? Yeah. You go with Woods with more upside? I'm going to go with Woods. Okay. They should be called the Tennessee Tortoises. I think you can do better than that. You're pretty Slow good. Slow and steady wins the race. Uh, uh, I'll give you three here. Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Chase Claypool. Who do you like? Tennessee Turds. <laughs> there you go. I, I did not hear the names. What? Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Chase Claypool. Who do you like? Kirk. Kirk. But I wouldn't really want to draft any of them before round nine. They are round nine. Good. They're at the end of the group here. <laughs> uh, Kirk, uh, most upside. Are you Kirk or Claypool? Kirk. Yeah, it's Kirk. All right, then we got these five guys. Uh, I think it's Claypool. Really? Yeah. If oh. we're talking just pure upside, it's Claypool. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm drafting Kirk ahead of Claypool, but I think Claypool is the one with the most upside. Then we got these five players in round 10 and a little bit into round 11. Michael Gallup is on the border there. Russell Gage, Kadarius Tony, Chris Olave, Alan Lazard, and Michael Gallup. And Ooh, I, th- I love this. Yeah, range. I think with these five, you guys like them more than a lot of the guys being taken ahead of them. Russell Gage, Kadarius Tony, Olave, Lazard, and Gallup. Um, I like Lazard the best of this bunch. Gage is second best. I would take both of them ahead of currently Tyler Lockett, along with Kirk, Hunter Renfro, um, uh, a Titans receiver. Yeah, I, I'm not as big on this group as everybody else, but I would my top three would be Gage, Lazard, and Gallup. But if Gallup's ready for week one, then Gallup would be first. Yeah, I, I have Lazard and Gage quite a bit ahead of this group, mm-hmm. and Gallup would re, I agree with Heath right behind them too. Does anybody have Lazard in round seven? <laughs> I have Lazard in round six. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have. So Lazard you're crazier than I am. Where do you have me? Nine. Okay. okay. Oh, we got to talk about Alan Lazard. Right, we gotta, yeah. We'll finish with Alan Lazard. So go, go ahead. Uh, Jamie, you're the highest, so you can make the first point on Lazard. I mean, this receiving core as a whole with Lazard is pretty terrible. And so, you know, you're asking Aaron Rodgers to be the MVP again. Which I don't think he will be, but 
he's still a pretty good quarterback. And this is the guy he has the best rapport with. Um, they're, they're talking about him as the number one guy. I would have to anticipate he's going to be the number one guy. You know, Christian Watson could certainly throw uh, a blanket into that. Um, but I think, you know, just in terms of what Lazard's potential could be, hopefully the way he finished the season last year, I don't really care about what he did without Devonta Adams there because it's not really so much of a factor for me. But um, this is his opportunity. You know, this is his opportunity to go out and be – you know, the best receiver on his team. I don't think he's going to be a top 20 fantasy receiver. I don't know if he has that upside, but I do think he'll be a consistent number three receiver. And so if he exceeds that, then you got pretty good value no matter where you take him after round six. He's got some pretty ugly metrics, but the two that stood out to me were end zone targets. Last year, he had 12 of them. These are throws into the end zone. That's what helped him have eight touchdowns, both of those top 12 among wide receivers in each category. He was also 18th in explosive play rate, which shocked the pants off me because you think of Lazard and you see his like yards per route run and it's ugly and his yards per catch isn't anything great, but he still had an explosive play on 22% of his catches. That's 16 plus yards and he's going to get more targets. It's as simple as that. So hopefully he doesn't, he doesn't play so well that he commands attention of like double coverage because this guy ain't beating double coverage. But if this offense can, you know, if they if they can spread it around and Lazard's still the number one guy in the end zone, I, I think he's got a chance to be maybe 20th among wide receivers in PPR points per game. I think he does have that kind of upside if he's that guy. I could see, uh, what was the guy's name? Was it James Jones? James Jones. I was just about to bring that up. James yeah, Jones, just, I can see a James Jones type season that just makes me feel like a, an, an idiot moron. Um, Fourteen touchdowns that year for him, right? Um, but I like he had sixty four catches for seven hundred eighty four yards on ninety eight targets. That that doesn't sound too far off for me either. Um, I'm just scared. I don't think Lazard's actually that good, and mm. he's never earned more than four targets a game. And I know that's because Devontae Adams was there, but that's also the reason for his extreme efficiency is because no one was caring about him. Well, it's also MVS was there too, you know, and, and right. talent-wise, I would say Adams and MVS are better than him. But And, and, and Rodgers even said as much when he was asked about him, he said he's been our garbage guy. Uh, that doesn't sound very encouraging if that's the guy <laughs> you're you know, promoting as your number one receiver. Now, Christian Watson can, again, he could be the guy that ruins any Alan Lazard upside because if he's – as good as he showed at the Senior Bowl, and as good as the Packers, you know, hope him to be, uh, mm-hmm. and, and as good as he played in college. And I don't want to take that away from him, but you know, when when people started to realize who Christian Watson was, it was kind of post, you know, career, post college career. And so, but we just have a track record of Rodgers not relying on rookie wide receivers. And yeah. you know, uh, the other side of it for Adam for uh, Lazard is he's had to share the field with such uh, a, a extremely talented player, and then other talented options just based on pedigree. So it's just his his opportunity now. And so we'll see. We'll see if he takes advantage of it. I, I would be surprised if he's healthy, if he's under 100 targets like James Jones was. Um, so if he stays healthy and plays 17 games, he should be around 120 targets. But they are going to spread the ball around. I think Tunyon will matter. Uh, obviously, the running backs will matter, mostly Aaron Jones, because that's what's typically been the case whenever Adams hasn't been there. And as we said, uh, uh, I don't remember what, what show it was, Adam, but in terms of targets, every time you look at Devontae Adams, leading the team in targets, the second guy has always been Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah, and, so, and I have the numbers on 
when Adams has been but out. The, the disparity between Adams and everybody else in the last five years is just crazy, jarring. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're going to see that much of a disparity between Lazard and everybody else. But I do think 120 <laughs> targets is within crazy. reach. And then, you know, it's how much does Randall Cobb still matter? And Romeo right. Dubs and Christian Watson as rookies matter. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is another wild card. You know, if he's healthy, yeah. maybe he's the guy that we're overlooking because pedigree suggests he's the best by a mile. I'm not How long does pedigree last? Because he's, um, I think well, he's a few ex- years. exhausted. I, his he's pedigree. not the same guy that he once was. <laughs> true. But it's true. But that is the thing. There are so many candidates that could, that could lead the team in receiving. For the Packers, I think the touchdowns are really exciting, though. The opportunity for touchdowns. Alan Lazard, the last five games of the year, scored five touchdowns. And in one of those games, only played 31% of the snaps. It was week 18, and they didn't have to play. Um, so he he did start to fill that role. I don't know if he'll continue it. But when you look at the seven games over the last three seasons that Devontae Adams has missed, plus one more game that he played only half the snaps, uh, it's not very good for Lazard. But it... <laughs> It's much better for Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones led the team in receiving in four of those eight games. But at the same time, Lazard missed two of them, played one snap in one of them. So we're only talking about five games now. Uh, Most of his bad games were earlier in his career. The most recent time, the most recent time that Devontae Adams did not play and Alan Lazard did, he had 145 yards or something like that. Uh, He he had a huge game. What What year was that? It was uh, 146 yards and a touchdown. It was 2020. Okay. So you, you know, one, I had one other thought on Lazard. It, he wouldn't be worth a round seven pick if the Packers offense was spreading the ball around. But if the Packers ended up spreading the ball around, Lazard would still play, right? He would still be among the top target getters on that team. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be seven or eight targets per game. He would still have a serviceable role for fantasy managers. And I think if you consider that floor, taking him where Heath's taking him is an absolute no-brainer. And I think if you see Alan Lazard in round nine at this point, you have to take him then. Yeah, he's not ever there. I just never. He's one of those guys I just never get. But Adam, is you're that in? Hold on, hold on, hold on. These. Is that in our drafts, or is that including like the best balls that you do? I don't. I don't know for sure in best ball. I haven't done near as many of those this year. Okay. But like Adam, you're always good at finding these these comps, and I have not seen anybody try to do this. Maybe there is one I'm not thinking of, but an undrafted guy who plays four years in the league and never reaches 600 yards, and then his fifth year, everybody leaves, <laughs> and he gets yeah. a big role. I, an undrafted guy? I don't know if you I mean, that is find so something specific. like that with a drafted guy. Well, there's lots of undrafted guys who have had starched their careers like Alan Lazard. There's so That's so specific, but, I mean, you could look at a guy who's basically only had one good year, and it was when... The, the leading receiver got hurt. The first name that comes to mind is Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams had 1,059 yards and seven touchdowns in 2016 when Keenan Allen got hurt in week one. And he never had more than 728 yards, never had more than six touchdowns in any other year. I mean, he was basically... But he had three other seasons with more yards than Lazard's produced so far. He did. Uh, what year did Wes Welker break out? Let's take a look. This is a very unprecedented situation. That's actually what I was thinking about with Christian Watson, why I liked him so much, or why whoever whoever the Packers were going to take, because I could not think of a rookie wide receiver who came in year. with that 
opportunity to step in with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and the possibility of being the number one guy. That's why I loved whoever the Packers were going to take in the first or second round. But it's the when same logic Smith applies to, to Lazard. Rod Smith is a great call. Oh, right, yeah. Welker. Welker was his fourth year. But he had a six for whatever it's worth. He had a hundred targets the year before. Six hundred eighty-six. He wasn't very good, right? But that. that wasn't like a breakout year. No, it wasn't. Uh, Rod Smith was his third year. But there's a common theme, right? Yeah, Welker went to a new team. Got no. Brady. Welker went to a better quarterback. Well, he went to right. a new team and got Brady, right? Yep. Rod Smith had a pretty good quarterback too, if I recall. I don't recall, but uh, yeah, it's you don't recall. <laughs> You don't recall who his quarterback was in 1997. <laughs> oh, it's El- no, but who was his quarterback before that? I mean, did he change? No, it was still Elway. He just didn't he get the opportunity. Elway. Okay. I don't I don't remember his circumstances. No, Rosmith is probably the better comp because he stayed. He was with Elway. Okay. How long did it take Edelman? Edelman, Edelman might have been drafted. drafted. Right. All right. I, see, that's the thing. Like, I think it's hard to find a comp. Even among drafted receivers. I'm going to, sorry, I'm, let's go to our questions. Go to our mailbag. Apple Podcast question from Gambino Mafia. Are there any running backs slash wide receivers on the same team that you'd be okay drafting together and starting? Especially high round picks like Evans and Fournette, Eckler and Williams, Connor and Hollywood, et cetera. All of them. Yes. Do you seek it out or just let it fall where it may? I let it fall. Let it fall. All right. Next question from Still Though I Wish, dot, dot, dot. PPR league, two receivers, one flex. Uh, actually, yeah, one flex. I don't want two members of the Seahawks or the Falcons, though. Okay. Uh, let's see. We can keep any player twice. Jamar Chase in the sixth round, Leonard Fordette in the fifth round, Cam Makers in the twelfth, ETN in the twelfth. It's well, Chase for sure. Chase and ETN. Looks like I would lean Chase two. and ETN, too. You like ETN over Acres at this point? Mm-hmm. All right. No. No, I don't. So Chase and Acres. All right. ETN for Dave Acres for Jamie and Heath. This one is from Squart Simpson, which made me wonder. <laughs> Squart has to be something gross, right? And I did look it up on Urban Dictionary, and it is pretty gross. Would you like to hear what a squart is? No. <laughs> I would. I'll tell you the non-gross one. The noise made an unsatisfactory delivery of the contact, contents of a squeezy bottle sauce if it has not been stored correctly, vertically on its cap. So, you know, think about you're squeezing the mustard out. You can't really get it. That's squirting. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of guess what. I'll just read it. Uh, the unintended and typically powerful expulsion of gas through the anus that occurs when one is doing heavy squats in the gym. That is a squirt. So thank you, Squart Simpson, for educating us. Uh, 16-team PPR league, I've got the first pick. How much actual value does the number one pick have in such a deep league? I've done countless mocks, but can count on one hand the amount of teams I think I can realistically build and feel confident in. Uh, Which value could I possibly get in my league in terms of draft picks that I should even consider it? He's talking about trading it? I don't know. But I want to bring this up. <laughs> Mid-round three, I think, is when things get a little dicey in a 12-team league. All right, that's about 30th overall. So if you have the first pick, you might be one of the only teams that feels really good about its first three picks. That's, you know, 32 and 33. After that, mm-hmm. you're looking at Zeke and Gibson and, um, you, you know, 
good wide receivers, but maybe Kyle Pitts. But the elite players kind of run out, the proven ones, in the early to mid-round three in a 12-team league. So you might actually be in a good spot at number one, but it's hard to say. Do you guys have a preference of where you draft if you had a 16-team league? Either one or 16. I mean, one, two, or three, or, you know, 14, 15, 16. Okay, at the end. All right. Let's go to Sawyer. 12-team PPR keeper league, four-point per passing touchdown league. Five keepers per year, and each time the keeper cost is an extra round. Uh, You can only keep a player for three years. I am keeping Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews. No, I'm keeping Cooper Cup. Oh, Cup, Andrews, Swift, and Lamb. Sorry, those are his four. He needs one more. Cam Akers in the 16th round. I guess all of these are for three more years, two more years, like this year and two more. Akers in the 16th, Jalen Hurts in the 15th, Rashad Penny in the 16th. Akers by a mile. Akers. I think it has to be Akers. But let me ask you this. If you already have Cup, Andrews, Swift, and Lamb, do you then say, all right, Akers has a lot of downside. Maybe I'll just go with Hurts. Hurts has downside too. He does. But you've already got him. Akers is going to end up being a third-round pick. I know. He's better value. value In a blanket, he's better value than Hurts. But if you've already got the core of your team filled out and one of them, and you don't have a quarterback. You can draft Hurts at a better value than you'll draft Akers with all the keepers gone. All right. I think your argument would make a little more sense if he already had two running backs and, and Akers would be his flex, but he doesn't have a second running back, so keep the second running back. It would also okay. make more sense if we knew for sure that Hertz would be the starter in Philadelphia long-term because then keeping him at oh, that late value true. would be yeah. pretty good. Time for emails. This is from Husky Boo Boo in Denver. Is this one of the hardest drafts you can remember from QB movement and QB changes on teams, elite wide receivers changing teams, our beloved running backs from the last few years getting older, suspension concerns? Uh, To me, outside Taylor, Cup, Jefferson, Chase, and Diggs, I'm lost on how to rank anyone. No. I I get how he feels, though. I think there are a couple of spots in the draft where you just look at everybody and you're just like unimpressed and you don't know you don't feel good about a certain player or two and it might happen in round seven and it might happen again in like round 11 i totally get what he's saying yeah Mm -hmm. i wouldn't necessarily say it's the hardest year ever but it's i think it's harder than normal this year it's been the hardest year in the last several years and the the hardest year was two years ago yeah oh yeah okay that's okay that's Uh, (laughs) this is from tyler I have the third overall pick in my redraft league this year. I want to take Eckler at three, but I'm worried about his touchdown regression. Is Derrick Henry a safer pick than Austin Eckler? Who were the first two picks? Taylor and McCaffrey. McCaffrey. So it's between Eckler and Henry? Yeah, who's safer? Cup? Cooper Cup. (laughs) Maybe Cup's two. I'll take Henry. Cup might be two. I would go Eckler, Cup, Henry. Okay. And I'll go Henry Eckler Cup. Full. When he didn't say if it's PPR and I non PPR, then I think Henry probably is. Oh the yeah, safest. true. In full PPR, I would go Cup Eckler Henry. And what about that magical format that so many people play and that we don't <laughs> acknowledge? Name is PPR for me. Uh, uh, yeah, and Superflex. I'd be hoping that. Yeah, stop <laughs> Superflex. From Christopher, dear Bruce Truman and Lloyd. Bruce Truman and Lloyd. 
This is easy. Are those, those characters are Jim Carrey, character. Jim Carrey yeah. played? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Seems like a lot of... That's one. And they all died in their movies, right? Uh, seems like a lot has been made of the downgrade <laughs> from Ben Roethlisberger to Mitchell Trubisky when it comes He's to Deion. i live that down. <laughs> all right. Seems like a lot has been made of the downgrade from Big Ben to Trubisky when it comes to Deontay Johnson. My question is, why can't Johnson be as productive with Trubisky as Allen Robinson was? Assuming Trubisky will just funnel targets to one guy. He can I just don't know if that's yeah. the direction of this offense. Right. They might they might settle on that though. They they might go into the season saying, "Okay, we we need to keep defenses off balance. Mitch is going to get rid of the ball quickly. We're going to spread it around everybody and then by week 3, Pickens and Claypool and Firemuth are making too many mistakes. Deontay's not." And they go, "Okay, well, we know that this worked from last year. Let's just fire off nine targets a game to Deontay Johnson." I'm less worried about Trubisky and Pickett for Deontay than I am about them for Najee. Let me read, let's see, two, one more from Dan. Dynasty trade. Yeah. Would you pay a Adam t- sucks. 2023 first? <laughs> a lot of Dans say that. 2023 first, best male host. Uh, 2023 third. Oh, oh, there it is. All right, would you give up a first and a third in 2023 plus Chase Edmonds for DJ Moore in a half PPR league? Absolutely not. No. Oh, I would. Good for you. I, do, do you really, do you think your first round pick is going to be at the end of the first round? Like, really sure. I responded to this guy and I said, I think I said if it's a top five pick, I probably wouldn't, but I don't know. Who knows, who knows where it's going to be? So right. DJ Moore, so for, the, third, the third round pick is nothing to me. Chase Agreed. Edmonds is something, but in Dynasty, I don't know. DJ Moore has a chance to be a stud and he's 24. I've got as a slight 25, bro. Is he 25 already? I think he's going to be 25, right? 25. This, this will be his 25. 25 season for sure. Um, but no, I, I would do it. I would do it unless my team was bad. Right, right. It's it kind of a win now pick. move. It really depends on the pick. All right. Uh, do we have, I'll give you two minutes on YouTube if you have any questions here. Most of it's about why did I read the definition of that disgusting word? <laughs> uh, all right. You guys are on the clock, YouTubers. Any Can weekend? You if you're sitting in your chair, not <laughs> farting, because I might have done that. <laughs> Has Evan Fournier ever squirted? Evan Fournier? Yeah. The answer is no to both of those questions, uh, by the way. Was that one don't. of the questions? Don't, no, don't. Is it a Fournier squirtier? <laughs> I don't get the Evan Fournier angle here. You should just probably Google Fournier. Maybe do it while you're on the air. But no one else should. <laughs> okay, I will... Uh... Urban Dictionary is sick, man. Like, who who runs this, that? You don't need to use Urban Dictionary for this one. No, this is a Google joint. Oh. Hmm. Well, that's, a, that's unfortunate. I hope that doesn't happen to anyone. Uh, I don't see any questions, so we're going to get going here. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Quarterback tiers. It is tiers week. So we'll talk to you on Monday with our quarterback tiers. Dave and Jamie are on vacation next week, so... There'll be a lot of Adam and Heath. We're going to actually bring in some industry guests, too, to see if we can replace them. We'll talk to you later.